me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. 
He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. Well, good morning, our lives. everybody. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship on this beautiful March day. Hallelujah. But our God is good. He is doing great and wonderful things in our midst. So Heavenly Father, we come before you today and we are so happy and so grateful and so thankful for your goodness and your grace upon us. And Lord, we're just going to celebrate your goodness today. We're going to lift up your name and we're going to just let the Holy Spirit do what he needs to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
into his presence he made a way for us to come before the very throne of God it's a holy place it's a wonderful place and Lord we thank you that your presence is here with us right here right now and Lord we just love you We adore you. 
We trust you. We walk with you. We believe you. And Lord, we thank you that you speak to us. I'm drawing yourself. I'm drawing you to myself. And you've got to press through the distractions of life. Press through the pressures of this world. Press through and come in. Come and dine with me. Come and dine, says the Master. For I have prepared a feast for you. Come and dine at my table. Come and dine with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. You have a seat with the Master. He made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Well, if you love the Lord, say amen. Amen. You may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Don't they do a phenomenal job? Hallelujah. We are blessed to participate in the worship. Amen. And we're glad that you're here this morning. Today is Communion Sunday, and we're going to celebrate communion as a family. Hallelujah. And we're so grateful to be able to uh, have this. We'll get our elements here in just a moment. But I was thinking about what is the greatest, most valuable substance on the earth. Just shout it out. What do you think is the most valuable substance on the earth? Just shout it out. Gold, diamonds. Well, I'm going to tell you that there's something more valuable than platinum, gold, diamonds, silver, every gem, all of it put together. That is the blood of Jesus. Because that is the only thing that can buy you and redeem you from hell. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to talk just a moment about the blood and then we're going to celebrate the Lord's communion. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20. 1 Corinthians 6.20. It says, you were bought with a price. Something valuable, something that is rich, something that has value. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus. And made his own. So then honor and glorify God with your body. See, I've been bought. Yeah, God bought you out from the devil. 
Amen? The devil just used you, but God has plans for you. The devil destroyed you, but God wants to build you up. So the blood of Jesus is the most precious, most valuable substance that is, it's in the earth, but it came from heaven. You can't mine it. You can't extract it. You can't drill for it, but you can believe for it. Hallelujah. It comes to everyone who has faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. First Peter chapter one, verse 18. First Peter 1 18. For you know that you were not redeemed. This is the amplified now from use from your useless spiritual unproductivity. <laughs> or unproductive way of life, inherited by the tradition of your forefathers, which with perishable things, like silver and gold. But you were actually purchased with the precious blood, like that of a sacrificial lamb, unblemished and spotless. The priceless blood of Christ. Woo! You want to know how much... how, how, how how valuable you are, God shed his blood for you. That's how valuable you are. If anyone says that you, you have no value, they lie. Say, Jesus shed my blood. You can tell them Jesus shed his blood for me. Revelation 5. Revelation 5 and verse 9. Hallelujah. It says, uh, they sang a new song saying, worthy and deserving are you to take the scroll and to break its seals. You were slain, and with your blood you purchased people for God from every tribe, language, people, and nation. The the blood of Jesus is a commodity that's accepted worldwide. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you have made them a kingdom of Priests to our God, and they will reign on earth. Are you preparing to reign on earth? You can start right now. You don't have to wait. God wants you to live a victorious, successful, wonderful life. All right, Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Paul was instructing the pastors, and he said, take care. And be on guard for yourselves, for the whole flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Woo! Glory to God. All right, and then Romans 5, Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. Romans 5 and verse 8. But God clearly shows and proves his own love for us. How did he shows and proves his love for us? By the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We were in a state we couldn't help ourselves, couldn't change ourselves, but that's the state that Christ died for us in. And because of his death, he brought us out of death. Glory to God. Therefore, verse 9, since we have now been justified... By his blood. Nothing else can justify you or cleanse you but his blood. We will be saved from the wrath of God 
through him. Verse 10, for, uh, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, it is much more certain, having been reconciled, that we will be saved uh, by his life. And then finally, one more scripture, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. In him, we have redemption, deliverance, and salvation through his blood, which paid the penalty for our sin and resulted in the forgiveness and complete pardon of... You have been completely pardoned by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He says, I declare you free from sin. Case closed. Done deal. Hallelujah. We are free from sin. Because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. So we're going to pray and then we're going to receive, we're going to go get our elements. Father, we are so grateful and thankful that you have shed your blood and you nailed our sins to the cross and you took away the guilt, the shame, and the condemnation and you have cleansed us and purchased us and redeemed us by your blood. And Lord, we're going to celebrate this very thing that you did by partaking in your Supper today in the name of Jesus. And we give you thanks and praise for your goodness in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Go ahead and get the elements in the back there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Whoo, I tell you, God's going to do something today. Well, let me, He's doing something today. He's doing things, He's done things. God is very active. And uh, we get the privilege of having a front row seat in, in his activity. You know, an experience with God is interactive. And uh, you need to participate with God. You start by making yourselves open or available and uh, yielded to him. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Communion. God wants us to come in union with him. If you need healing in your body today, while we take communion, I want you to believe. You know, Jesus said healing is the children's bread. And we know from the Syrophoenician woman, one crumb of that bread is able to deliver someone from demonic oppression. I mean, God can deliver you from the, from demonic oppression by, with a crumb. Imagine what you get when you get the whole slice. Hallelujah. Yeah. He, he, he said, I don't feed the crumb. She said, I just need a crumb, Lord. Hallelujah. My goodness, there's healing in this meal. Do you realize when when Israel, who were slaves for 400 years, they took this meal when they exited Egypt, the Bible says not one of them left sickly. You're talking two to three million people. And I'm sure that not everybody was treated nicey-nicey. Right? 
I'm sure some of them were abused, physically, you know, drained. I mean, when you're a slave, right? But not one of them. They took this meal. Death couldn't enter their home, and they left not one of them sick among them. This is a meal that heals. Whew. My goodness. Hallelujah. In Luke 22, verse 15, this is, I, I love this, this uh, account of the communion because it says, With desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. You know, God wants to fellowship before he suffers. Amen? So he, he gave thanks and he said, he broke the bread, he said, take, eat, and let us eat. And likewise, he took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Let us drink. Now I want you to celebrate. You've been healed. You've been saved. You've been redeemed. You've been purchased. You've been delivered. You've been filled. You've been satisfied. You've been called. You've been anointed. You've been chosen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, it's time for the radical believers. We're not just spectators. We're participants. Amen? Well, we can do the announcements and then we'll do our confession. Mix it up a little bit. There you go. Thank you. Good morning and God bless you. It's good to see each one of you here today. God is so good. He's so good. (laughs) Okay. Let's see. Announcements. Today is Sunday. March 13th. And then we have Tuesday. Air Force, our youth. Yes. At 6 p.m. We start with a meal. And then we have... God's meal, the table he prepares before us. If you want to participate with Air Force and what God's doing, every week is different, but it's sweet. Sweet as honey. We have Instagram Live. So if you have Instagram, you can look us up, New Gen Air Force. If you have Facebook, we have a Facebook Is it a group or a page? I'm not sure. But you look us up. You'll find us on Facebook. And the Lord just helped me figure out how to put Instagram onto Facebook. (laughs) So I posted in there on the Facebook. And then you can participate. One thing the Lord showed me is what we experience here. One way to take it into our homes, and into our workplace is to play Sunday morning service, Wednesday 
evening service, and now I play the Tuesday, our Air Force services in my environment, in my atmospheres, and, and that's one way we can take what God deposits in us and send those frequencies out. Yeah. Okay, so that's Tuesday. Wednesday night refreshing is at 6.30, and it certainly is always refreshing. So this week we're having the special guest from India, I believe, right? He is a director of Rama India. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but you can see it printed there. When he comes, we'll hear him say it. <laughs> But come prepared to bless him and be blessed by what he ministers to us. Thursday is Bible Adventure. That's with Forge and Northside Elementary students in third through fifth grade. They have the opportunity to come here for almost an hour. And they are super excited kids. And they're getting to experience life in Jesus and they are inviting their classmates and their friends. They are fishers of men, disciples of Jesus. And we could use some more volunteers. See Chris and Mike Frenchek in the back. And she will let you know what's needed. We basically need adults who are willing to be here during that time and sit with kids. Listen to them laugh with them. We just need more more adults as more students come because of the uh, ratio of requirement to list, list, to have the children. And you could also be a driver because we take vans to pick them up. If you know of vans that could be used, the more children we have, we'll take a school bus. That would be easier. So we need transportation. We need drivers. There's all ways that you can help. And you could just be a substitute if you aren't available every week. We can use substitutes because sometimes people have other things that are going on that are here every week, and then you could fill in for them, and that would be a great blessing. So this is how we're one way we're reaching our community is through Bible Adventure on Thursdays. Okay. Friday is woven? Oh, my goodness. It's good I'm doing announcements. This Friday is the third Friday of March. Well, I guess the snow kind of like made me go like it's winter. But no, it's spring. This is a spring snow. As soon as this snow melts, the flowers are going to be popping and the, and the birds are going to be having their nests with the babies. Oh, my. This Friday is woven. At 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock to 8. I don't know what happened to my woven memory. (laughs) Lisa, thank you for this. Woven is at 6. We have a light meal, and then we feast at the word for Pastor Fiona. Bring a friend. Ladies, this will be, this is March. Yes, this will be the last woven before our conference. So take some conference cards and invite people. Hang them up on community boards. You can mail them to a friend. You can take a picture of them and send them to a friend. We're having Dr. Michael Jacobs, and he will be ministering about the ministry of angels. 
And then that's Friday night and Saturday, April 8th and 9th. And then April 10th, that Sunday, he'll be here in church. So, guys, you can plan on that. Come on April 10th, the Sunday, for our our women's conference guest speaker. Okay, God bless you. Amen. Announcements that preach. (laughs) Ready for our... Yeah, they're ready. (laughs) Let's make our confession together. We We ask ask our God, God, the the glorious Father of Jesus, for spiritual wisdom and insight, that we may grow in our knowledge of God. We know the Father through Jesus, and we are deepening our intimacy with him. We believe God's light is opening our imagination and understanding so we can know what he has called us to do. We believe that we can benefit from his rich and glorious inheritance in us, and we are learning how to function in his immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing power that works in us because we believe. We believe that we can function in the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. The same power that makes Jesus far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. We are his body. We are made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. We are victorious overcomers and reign as kings in this life through his grace. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. And uh just want you to know that... uh You have an opportunity today to invest in the kingdom of God, and you're investing in good ground. You're investing in a place that uh, preaches the gospel and uh, is building the kingdom of God. We're not building our own kingdom, we're building God's kingdom. Amen. And as you invest in God's kingdom, he provides a rich, wonderful return. Here at VCF, you can give anytime during the service. We have a seed planter there and a seed planter there. There are envelopes there. And uh, you can uh, make a check, make it out to VCF. If you're watching online, we thank you for joining us. And you can go to our website and do it that way. Amen. Father, I pronounce a blessing. And thank you, Lord, for causing your people to abound to every good work. And, Lord, we give you thanks and praise that you meet their needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that they will lack no good thing because they are in partnership with you. 
and I speak blessing on them and their gifts today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, right now we're going to dismiss our kids. We have Kids Life, which stands for Kids Living in Faith Every Day. So thank you for our teachers and kids. Have a great class. Bless your whole name. Enjoy, enjoy the presence of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So glad that you're here this morning, and uh, it's always a great time when God's people, people of like precious faith, gather together. And uh, this morning, uh, back in February, I talked a message about the tithe, and this morning, we're going to look at the other side of the tithe, the other side of the tithe, and... uh, you know, tithing is one aspect of our spiritual life, and offerings are another aspect of our spiritual life. And I want to read two stories to you to begin. You've heard this one before, but this is the man who gave 90%. R.G. Letourneau uh, was a Christian industrialist who dedicated his life to being a businessman for God. He was hugely successful, designing and developing his own line of earth-moving equipment. Letourneau was the maker of nearly 300 inventions, and he had hundreds of patents in his lifetime. As he succeeded financially, he increased his giving to the point where he was giving 90% of his income to the Lord's work. Everybody said 90%. He, he, he said this. He said, I shovel out the money and God shovels it back, but God has a bigger shovel. Yeah. <laughs> Amen? Amen? So, you know, God looks at percentages, not so much amounts. And uh, maybe you can have faith today. To increase your percentage. Yes. Amen? Amen? Now, I'm like Paul. I'm not trying to get money from you. I want fruit to abound to your account. Yes. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So here is another act of giving that I want to read to you. It's called a pastor's act of kindness saves three. This was... Uh, a story told in detail uh, by uh, Irene Wright. And uh, years ago, uh, Irene's preacher noticed a family standing in front of him at a New Orleans convenience store. They did not have enough money to pay for their few items. He tapped the man on the shoulder and said, You don't need to turn around, but please accept this money. The man took the money without ever seeing the preacher. Nine years later, the pastor was invited to speak at a church in New Orleans. After the service, a man walked up to the preacher and shared his story about how he had come to faith in Christ. Several years ago, my wife and our child were destitute. 
We had lost everything, had no jobs, no money, and were living in our car. We also lost all hope and agreed to a suicide pact, including our child. However, we decided to first give our son some food, so we drove to a convenience store to buy him some food and milk. While we were standing in line at the store, we realized that we did not have enough money to pay for these items. But a man behind us asked us to please take the money from him and not to look at him. This man told us that Jesus loves you. We left the store, drove to our designated suicide site, and wept for hours. We couldn't go through with it, so we drove away. As we drove, we noticed the church with a sign on which said, Jesus loves you. We went in that church service the very next Sunday, and both my wife and I were saved that day. He then told the pastor, when you began speaking this morning, I knew immediately that you were the man who gave us the money. How did you know? The pastor, the pastor was from South Africa and had a very distinct accent. He continued, your act of kindness was much more than a simple good deed. These people are alive today because of it. Someone say praise the Lord. So remember that, you know, offerings go beyond what we see here today. And it stems out of a heart of generosity, of liberal giving, of free-flowing kindness. An offering is an undesignated, unlimited amount given as a free will gift to the Lord. I'm going to read that again. An undesignated, unlimited amount given as a free will love gift to the Lord. And the word encourages, encourages us to grow in the grace of giving. You know, there is a grace of giving. Amen. What does grace do? Grace empowers you. Grace enables you. Grace equips you. I mean, we're saved by grace through faith, right? I like to say it this way. Grace, grace opens the door and faith walks in. Amen? Hallelujah. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Hallelujah. You know, we live in a, we live in a world today where we need miraculous, supernatural increase in finances. Right? When, when people are put in places where they shouldn't be, it affects the people. Amen? And uh, we can see that today. So, I want you to know that God wants you to prosper. It's important for God, for his people to prosper. Amen? Why? Because money answers all things. We need money for clothes, money for food, money for gas, right? Everything that we do in this life, it takes money, right? Money is not a bad thing. Money is a tool. And you can use it for good or you can use it for bad, but it's not bad or good in itself. Amen? And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 
verse 6. I'll read from the King James, and then I'm going to read from a couple more translations. He said, but I say, but this I say, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. All right? To sow means to scatter. Right? In, back in the olden days, before they had uh, mechanical planters, right? These were the mechanical planters right here. Right? And they had to take the seed and they'd have to scatter it on the ground. Right? That's what it means to sow. It means to scatter. It means to disperse. Right? But I want you to notice what the Bible says. He who sows sparingly, you cast a little bit, what's going to happen? You're going to get a little bit back. The results that you want to get in life are determined by our seed that we sow. Right? But then he says, well, how, how many are not in favor of sparing? Right? How many are more in favor of bountiful? Okay? Notice the principle. He which sows bountifully or generously shall reap what? Generously. You reap in accordance with how you sow. Did you know that you could give yourself a raise? How do I give myself a raise? Scatter some more. Amen? Why? God looks at seed. You know, his word is a seed. Did you know that Jesus was a seed? God wanted a family, so what did he do? He planted a seed in the earth called his only son. And when his only son died, the body started to grow. Right? Ever since Jesus died, the body of Christ has been growing, 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 multiplying, increase. Right? There's more people in the body of Christ today than there was 40 years ago. Right? Why? Because the seed that God planted is still producing harvests. Okay? Alright, let's go on to verse 7. Every man. Who's he talking to? Everyone. Man is mankind. Okay? Every man according as he purposes in his heart. How many got a purpose? Right? You've got to give with purpose. You've got to give on purpose. Amen? Now, let's just equate this with farming. Right? If a farmer wants to grow corn, what kind of seed does he have to put in the ground? Corn. Okay? If the farmer wants to grow wheat, what kind of seed does he have to put in the ground? Wheat. Right? Every seed produces after its own kind. Okay? The Bible says if you want to be, if you want friends, you've got to be friendly. In other words, you've got to sow friendship. You've got to put yourself out there and say, hi, my name's Doug, how are you? Right? You notice if you want friends, you can't just sit at home and do nothing. You're not going to have any friends. That's not being friendly. You've got to be amongst people. Okay? 
So sowing and reaping is a Bible principle that affects all areas of life. As he purposes in his heart, let him give, not grudgingly. <laughs> That's grudgingly. Or maybe you're, 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 you feel like you're forced to give. You are not forced to give. Giving is up to you. Amen? We don't have to give, but we certainly get to give. There's a difference. Right? Not grudgingly. So, how you, your attitude affects your seed. You know, if you sow a seed with a bad attitude, that's going to negatively affect your seed. Amen? See, here's the thing that people don't realize. How we live our lives affects our Christianity. God didn't do what he did to save us so that we can just live any way that we want to. So that we can do what we want to do. Or what we feel like doing. Or what we think we should do. Come on. He died so that we could accept him as Lord. There is only one Lord of our life and that's Jesus and it's not us. And when you become a Christian, you enter into a partnership. You come under his authority. You come under his care. You come under his family. You come under his rules. Now, God doesn't have a lot of heavy rules. He's got two. Love God and love people. Right? Every rule that God made hinges on those two rules. Okay? Boy, this is good. Not grudgingly or of necessity, but God loves what kind of a giver? Everybody say, cheerful. Cheerful. Hallelujah. Hilarious giver. Your your want to is greater than your have to. Amen? Amen. Who loves a cheerful giver? God. You know why? Because God's a cheerful giver. God is the greatest giver of all time. No one's going to outgive God. And, and when, when people take on his nature of giving, he celebrates it. He, he cheers it. Amen. He, he rejoices with it. He goes, whoa, they got it. Hallelujah. God loves, God loves, God loves a cheerful giver. If you're going to give with a bad attitude, keep your seat. Alright? Now, here's the promise that God makes. God will never ask you to do something without a reward in mind. God never asks you to give anything without a reward in mind. Why? Our God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Alright, verse 8. So when you give... And when you give cheerfully, God is able to make all grace, what's that next word? Abound. Is is abound an increase word? Right? Abound toward you. In other words, grace will be going boom, 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 boom to you. Right? It will abound to you. Boom, 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 boom. Double, triple, quadruple. Amen? 
Who's going to make it abound? God's going to make it abound to you. This is how God celebrates the cheerful giver. He causes grace, all grace to abound towards you. All of his ability, all of his goodness, all of his favor. Boom, 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 boom. And that you always, everybody say always, always, having all sufficiency, more than enough to take care of me and give to others. Everybody say more than enough. Everybody say too much. God's a more than enough, too much God. He revealed his name to Abraham as El Shaddai, the mighty breasted one, the almighty, more than enough God. God is more than enough. He's more than enough to meet your need. He's more than enough to make up the lack. He's more than enough to pay your bills. He's more than enough to close you. He's more than enough to give you a house. He gave the midwives in Egypt houses. That you always, oh my goodness, with having all sufficiency in how many things? In all things, so that you can abound to every good work. Right? God wants you busy in his kingdom. But in order to do that, you've got to have the ability to abound to every good work. And God's grace will cause that to happen in your life. As it is written, verse 9, He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. Has God given to the poor? Absolutely. His righteousness remains forever. Now he that ministers seed or supplies seed. You know God is a a seed supplier. There's a seed store called heaven. And it's loaded with seeds. It's got healing seeds. It's got life seeds. It's got provision seeds. Right? It's got clothing seeds. Amen? All good and perfect gifts come from heaven. They come from above, from the Father of lights. He ministers seed. He supplies seed. Now, here's the thing. You can't eat all the seed that he supplies. Some seed is for eating. Some seed is for planting. If a farmer eats all of his seed, what's he going to put in the field? Right? If he takes his corn seeds and goes make popcorn, right? He puts it in the frying pan or puts it in the microwave. But when it's time to plant... Oh, I don't have any seed. Then you're not going to have a harvest. You know, you won't get a harvest come from seeds. You know that? If you want a harvest, you have to have some seed in the ground. Can't have a harvest without seed. (laughs) I'm not even following my notes. (laughs) And, okay... He's going to supply you with seed, right? Who does he supply seed to? The sower. The one who uh, disperses. The one who spreads, right? He, only sowers are qualified to get seed. And both minister bread for your food, right? So he gives you the seed to the sower. The sower then sows some of that seed, right? And the sower then gets bread to eat, right? 
And God multiplies what? What type of seed? The seed sown. Have have you ever held some seeds in your hand? You're you're never going to have to worry about growing a corn plant from your hand. Right? You're never going to have to worry about uh, growing a tomato plant when you just got tomato seeds in your hand. Right? In your hand, seeds don't grow. But where do seeds have to be in order to grow? they got to be in the ground. Seed, God multiplies seed sown. Not seed stored. Not seed held on to. He multiplies seed sown. Something happens when you sow that seed. Amen? A chain reaction begins to happen. That seed was dead, but once it hits the ground, it becomes alive. And life comes out of that seed. And the DNA that was in that seed begins to produce more than that seed. Oh, my goodness. But it gets better. Verse 11. Being enriched in what? Oh, my goodness. Is enriched a poor word or a rich word? Enriched. Rich is the, it's got the word in it, right? How many want to be enriched in everything? Be a seed sower. All right? To all bountifulness or liberality, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. You want to get happy? Sow some seed. All right? Verse 12. For the administration or the rendering of this service not only supplied the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings. Many thanksgivings. Not one thanksgiving. Many thanksgivings to God. All right? Now, let me read this from the voice. Okay? Not the singing TV show. But I will say this to encourage you. This is verse 6 from the voice uh, version. I will say this to encourage your generosity. The one who plants little harvests... The one who plants little, harvests little. And the one who plants plenty, harvests plenty. Giving grows out of the heart. This is verse 7. Otherwise you've reluctantly grumbled, yes, because you felt you had to, or because you couldn't say no. But this isn't the way God wants it, for we know that God loves a cheerful giver. All right? God is ready to overwhelm you with more blessings than you could ever imagine. Oh my goodness! That's a good place to shout right there. So that you'll always be taken care of in every way. And you'll have more than enough to share. God's not only interested in taking care of you, He's also interested in you participating in taking care of others. Why? Because that's the chain reaction. Amen? Okay? 
Remember what is written about the one who trusts in the Lord. He scattered abroad. He gave freely to the poor. His righteousness endures throughout the ages. All right? So that's the voice rendition. Let's go to Galatians chapter 6 now for a minute. Okay? We're doing a study. Amen? You know miracles start with seeds? What happens when you sow your faith into God? Does your faith reap a harvest? Amen. I believe that I receive. Right? If you want something from God and it's it's in his word, you can believe it and then you receive it. Amen? Okay, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word... That is, the student, or the participants, right? Let him who was taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. That word communicate is the word share. Okay? Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Once again, he's saying what you sow is what you reap. Your sowing determines what you reap. Right? Okay? Verse 8. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. If you're, if you're inclined to invest in your flesh. Right? And we all are. Aren't we? You're going to of the flesh. Notice you sow to the flesh and then the flesh you're going to reap corruption. But he that sows to the spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. You know, sometimes giving money is one of the hardest things that we can do. Why? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Right? And if your heart is not in God, you're going to be very reluctant to give to God. Amen? And uh, especially when there's bills to pay. Right? Because bills have a voice. They have pressure. Pay me, pay me, pay me. Right? How many ever heard bills talk? Or you felt their presence? Right? And sometimes we have more expenses than income. We have more bills than we have days in the month. Right? But when we help others, see, what's going to get you out of that cycle? You can break that cycle with a seed. A seed can unlock doors. A seed can make hidden opportunities known. So, and there were people in the Bible who gave sacrificial. Let's go to Luke chapter 6. The Gospel of Luke chapter 6. And look at verse uh, 38. Hallelujah. Notice this first word. Give. Everybody say give. Notice who's talking here. Jesus is talking here. 
Can you trust Jesus? Will Jesus ever lie to you? Will he ever mislead you? Okay. He's giving you a promise right here. Give and it shall be what? Given to you. How's it going to be given to you? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the, the same measure that you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Notice, he, he has give once, right? But you reap, let's count them, good measure, Pressed down, shaken together, running over, men will give into your bosom. That's a five to one ratio. Your gift to God unleashes at least five times more than what you gave. Or not even times, but ways. Ways. Good measure. Who's going to judge your measure? God's going to judge your measure. Is it, was it a good measure or not? Or was it a bad measure? Hallelujah. Jesus said this here. Jesus understands about it. He gave his life, didn't he? Was Jesus um, upset that he had to give his life? Did the Father really have to persuade him? To come to earth and, and to leave heaven. No. He joyfully did it. He said, for the joy that is set before me, I've endured the cross, despising the shame. Amen? For the joy that, what was the joy? It was seeing you and I. It was seeing the harvest of his seed. How many know you've got to look beyond the seed? You've got to see a harvest. Every seed represents a harvest. You are a walking storehouse of seeds. Your time is a seed. You know, I'm not even going to go there. This word give in Luke 6.38, it means uh, give of one's own accord, give to your advantage, to bestow, to give as a gift. I grant, Right? How many want, want to be a grant giver? Right? So there are spiritual blessings for sowing seeds. In Genesis 8.22, they could put it up there, but in Genesis 8.22, the Bible says, as long as the earth remains, is the earth still remaining today? Then this, this, this word is still in effect. As long as the earth remains, there is seed time harvest. Right? Seed Put it in the ground, takes a little bit of time, but it will produce a harvest. Amen? Seed, time, and harvest. Cold and winter, summer and heat, right? We're still experiencing those. I mean, it's March. It's mid-March. What is snow doing on the ground in mid-March? How dare it snow? (laughs) We're supposed to see bunnies and birds, right? Not icicles. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, you've got to believe, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You've got to believe that when you plant a seed, that God's going to water it. 
Look at look at First uh, Corinthians chapter three and verse six. I have planted, Apollos watered, but what God what? So, who's responsible for the increase? God's responsible for the increase, but we're responsible to get the harvest. How do you get a harvest from a field? Do you say, oh my, that's a really good harvest. No, you got to get in a combine, right? Fire up that combine, boom, 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 right? And you got to go, and, and that combine gathers that harvest in. Right? And it separates the good stuff from the bad stuff, and it puts the good stuff in the truck, it gets rid of the bad stuff, right? And, and what you have left is what is the result of your seed, which is a lot more than what the seed you planted, right? And, 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 and the harvest has a value to it, right? You go to the granary, right? And they give you so much a bushel, right? Let's just, I'm just picking a number, $7 a bushel, right? Let's just say, and, and you got 700 bushels. That's, uh, I'm not even going to do the math, but 700 times $7 a bushel, right? That's 49, whatever, 100 or 1,000, whatever. But you see the increase. You started off with some seeds, Right? Seeds multiplied and gave you a harvest. Go to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Hallelujah. Now, VCF has a, has a group of givers, let me tell you. You guys are good, good givers. So, to the givers, you ought to be shouting with me. Amen? But to those who aren't, you're, you're getting faith. To, your faith is building, right? It's, it's increasing. Faith comes by hearing, right? Okay? Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. There is that scatters and yet increases. Everybody say scatter and increase. Scatter is to sow. Scatter is to spread. Okay? Who increases? The one who scatters. There is one that withholds more than his meat or more than is justly due. But what happens when you withhold it? It tends to what? Scattering increases, withholding decreases. Which which group are you in? Are you in the increased group or are you in the uh, decreased group? How many are going up? How many are going down? Don't raise your hand. Just keep smiling and looking forward. Amen? All right. Verse 25. The liberal soul shall be made fat. Glory to God. I must be liberal. <laughs> but I'm diminishing in my fatness because I'm going to the gym more often. No, being fat means anointed. It means increase. Right? The liberal soul shall be. Shall be is a process. Well, how, how much, how, how much do I have to be liberal? See, this is the only place where you should be a liberal. Shouldn't be a liberal in politics, you should be a liberal in giving. Amen? <laughs> and he that waters shall be watered also himself. Sounds like what you put in, you get out. Right? 
What you put in, you good out. You know, if you want a rich relationship with God, you're going to have to put some time in with God. You're going to have to invest some, you're going to have to take some seed of your time, and you're going to have to give it to the Lord in prayer, worship, Bible study, right? Why? Because that is the atmosphere where he speaks to you and directs you and, and gives you revelation and insight. Without that, what do you have? You know, people who don't hear God's voice, they don't ever spend time with God. Because if you spend time with God, you'll hear him. He'll show you things. He'll speak to you. But you've got to invest that time. You know, God never misses an appointment. He longs for fellowship. Why do you think he sent his only son to a lost and dying world? Right? The world couldn't help itself. So he sent his son to help them get back into a relationship. God is into a relationship. And a relationship is a series of sowing seeds and reaping harvests. Right? And sometimes you've got to pull some weeds in between. Right? All right? Let's go to Genesis 26. Genesis 26. Hallelujah. Who? Look at verse 12. Isaac was facing a famine. And in the midst of a famine, God gave him direction. He said, go where I tell you to go. Be where I tell you to be. Okay? So Isaac sowed his obedience to God as a seed. Right? He, he, he remained where God said to be. How many know it's, it's very important where God said to be? Because that's where the blessing is guaranteed. The blessing is not guaranteed where God said not to be. It's only guaranteed where God said to be. Okay? So Isaac dwelt in there, and then the Bible he picks it up here. It says, then Isaac, what did he do? What's that third word in verse 12? He sowed. He scattered. He spread. He gave. Now, what Isaac did here, he invested in his business. He was a farmer. He was a, he was a, a herdsman, right? He raised sheep and cattle, and, uh, you know, sheep and cattle need to eat just as much as people do, right? How many know you got to have pastures? If you've got lots of flocks, you got to have lots of grass, lots of feed, right? Lots of hay, right? Amen? Okay? So Isaac sowed in that land and received. This is Old Testament, but yet this is a promise that Jesus said, Give and it shall be given unto you. Right? In the same year, a hundredfold, not a hundred times, a hundredfold. If you were to just think of how thick a hundred towels would be stacked on top of one another. A fold is different than just the times. Okay? Because you can fold stuff, right? Anyway. And the Lord blessed him. Why? The Lord recognized that Isaac was a cheerful giver. He was sowing seed. It, it, was, it was physical seed into a field. Right? But God blessed him. What does it mean to be blessed? Increase. Okay? Now look at verse 13. He experienced three levels of increase. 
Number one, he waxed great. Right? And it's not when you go to the salon and get your eyebrows waxed. Right? He became, the Bible means become rich. Ever say become rich. Can you become rich? Isaac was the son of promise. You can become rich because of a promise. Number one, he became rich. Number two, he went forward. He continued to be, he increased in riches. And number three, he grew until he became one very rich. Very rich. Or very great. Verse 14, he had possession of flocks, herds, that's just more, I'm emphasizing the more than one. And a great store of servants. Imagine how free you'd be if you had a great store of servants. Yes. Taking care of the house, doing the cooking, unless you like to cook, that's okay. But just, whoo, I'm free. I can go abound to every good work. Yes. And the Philistines envied him. You know you're doing pretty good when the Philistines start envying you. Yes. Right? You're doing really good. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh. Go to Proverbs chapter 10. (laughs) Proverbs chapter 10. Hmm. You know, we're seeing the benefit of, of living in today's world. We need to prosper. God wants us to prosper. Why do people work overtime? Huh? Come on. Time and a half. That's time and a half. That's, that's twice as much, that's almost as twice as much as what you make in one hour. Time and a half. Why? People work overtime to get increase. Amen? People do this in the natural. They, they, they take on extra work, extra, sometimes because they have to, but other times because it brings in more. Amen? Well, God wants to bring you more, and He can do it a whole lot easier. You don't have to work three jobs. You can just work one. Hey, man, imagine how much time you you free up. Glory to God. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord, it makes what? I can't believe that 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 word rich is in the Bible. The blessing of the Lord, it makes what? Rich. Let's say that with some boldness. Rich! Say rich is a Bible word! And he adds no sorrow with it. You, you can be rich without headaches. You can be rich without pressure. You can be rich. Amen? Abraham was rich. Isaac was rich. Jacob was rich. That's our heritage. Our heritage is the rich. Amen? We got, we got to come up. We got to think bigger. Amen? Hallelujah. Go to Exodus chapter 25. And then we're going to go, uh, after Exodus 25, we're going to go to, uh, 2 Kings. Exodus 25, verse 1. 
Now, the Israelites are in the wilderness. Okay? They're not in a city. They're not in a town. They're living in tents, right? They have a portable house of worship. Okay? Well, maybe, no, they don't have it yet. But they're about to have it. (laughs) The Lord spoke unto Moses. Who's talking? The Lord initiated this. What did the Lord want to do? Verse 2, speak unto the children of Israel that they bring who? An offering. Me. He said me. You know, when you give into a church, you're not giving to the church, you're giving to God. Bring me an offering of every man that gives it willingly with his heart. You shall take my offering. Amen. God will never ask you to give something you don't have. You know? God doesn't want you in debt. He'll only ask you what you do have. When Moses stood before the Red Sea and the Egyptian army was behind him, what did God ask? He said, what's in your what? In your hand. Right? When, when Jesus was teaching and he had multiple people following him, Right? And they, they were sitting on this wilderness place. Jesus actually went alone with his disciples. They were going to get some rest, but the people followed him. Right? And, and they were there for a long time. And Jesus said, you feed them. Right? Did, did he rain bread from the sky? No. But he used what he had. There was a little boy with his lunch. I don't, you know, seven to nine year old boy giving up his lunch. Right? He sold his lunch to Jesus. What did Jesus do when, the moment Jesus received that seed, it began to multiply. And he was able to feed thousands and thousands and thousands. Here's a fish sandwich for you. Here's a fish sandwich. Take as much as you want. He didn't limit the people. He didn't say, a little dab will do you. Right? There was more than enough supply to feed thousands upon thousands upon thousands. Imagine the giant center packed with people. It's what sits about 12,500 people, something like that. And the concession stands are all broken down. And Jesus has been preaching for hours. And the people are sweating, right? They're falling asleep because they're hungry, right? And Jesus, and the disciples said, "Uh, Jesus, the people are hungry. You know, and Jesus says, you feed them. Uh, Peter, John, what do you guys got? Oh, well, we could go out and buy some, but, you know, but, oh, but here's a little boy with his lunch. Bring it to me. Jesus said, bring it to me. They put it in the hands of Jesus. He gave thanks to God. Supernatural seed. Supernatural multiplication. And they started feeding the people. And everybody was fed till they had more. Oh, I can't eat any more fish. I had had about ten pieces of that fish. That was some good fish. And that bread, man, those barley. Oh, that was good. Hush puppies. Barley hush puppies. Right? And not only did the people eat, but they took up 12 baskets of fragments. 12 baskets of leftovers. Why? More than enough. 
It wasn't just enough to meet the need. It was more than enough. Amen? All right, go to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. Hallelujah. Whew. Is this helping you this morning? This is the other side of the tithe. It's called the offering side, increase side. Amen. The tithe is set. The tithe is 10%. But what you give after the 10%, that's offering. Amen. You can give as much as you want in the offering. You can give up to 90%. We've seen it. Modern day example. All right. Second Kings chapter four, verse one. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant did fear the Lord and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. That was a common custom in that day. When you couldn't pay a debt, you could uh, sell your kids into slavery, basically, and that would pay off the debt. Okay? So the main income uh, person of the house died. And this, this widow is left with two sons, and the creditor is coming. Everybody say, the creditor is coming. Right? The pressure of that bill, the pressure of that bill being due is pressing upon her, okay? And uh, so she goes to a prophet, because at that time, prophets had the anointing of God, right? No one else had the anointing of God. They had to go to a prophet or the priest or a king, okay? And so, um, and Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Like, what do you want me to do? Tell me, what do you have in the house? I'm not going to make it out of nothing. I'm going to use something you have, and I'm going to multiply something you have. Say, God multiplies what I have. Okay? And she said, your handmaid has, doesn't have anything in the house save a pot of oil. Okay? I got a pot of oil right here. This is all I got. But I have something. Everybody say, I have something. What's a pot of oil? A pot of oil is a seed. A pot of oil isn't going to meet the need. But a pot of oil is the seed that's going to bring the need here. Amen? Just a pot of oil. Okay? And uh, so... He said, divine instruction, go borrow vessels abroad of all your neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. Everybody say not a few. The prophet is setting her up for increase, not a few. Okay? So what's that going to do? She's going to gather This is her participation in the miracle. She's going to go out and gather as many empty pots as she can. Okay? Now, does it make sense to gather empty pots? He didn't tell her the next next part, right, yet? Just go gather the pots. Okay? What's an empty pot? She she didn't say, prophet, what's an empty pot going to do me? That would have been grudgingly and out of necessity. That would have been a bad attitude. 
Listen, don't, don't ask God why. Just do what he says. You're, the instruction that God gives you is not going to make sense to your mind. Okay? And when you are come in, you shall shut the door upon you and upon your sons. So only her and her sons in the room. Okay? And shall pour out the oil into those vessels, and you shall set aside that which is full. Faith. Faith is an action word. You've got to pour that oil in faith, and you're going to have to believe God for increase. All you got is this, but you got all these empty pots. And all the empty pots are a lot more than this. But God's a lot bigger than this. Amen? Okay, verse 5. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons. They went out and gathered the empty pots, right? So she went into the room, shut the door upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her. And she poured out. She acted in faith. She didn't say, I hope this is going to work. That's not faith. Well, let me just try this. That's not faith. you got to do it with boldness. Right? You're believing in supernatural increase, supernatural help. Verse 6. It came to pass, harvest. Harvest. Time. Right? It came to pass. That's after a little time. When the vessels were full. Whoo! This little pot of mine, it's going to multiply. This little pot of mine, it's going to multiply. That just came to me by the Spirit. She said, bring me yet a vessel. And he said to her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stopped flowing. The, the seed stopped. She had reached the maximum seed planting. Okay? Then she came and told the man of God. Right? Who gave her the miracle? The man of God. So she goes back to the man of God. you got to keep your connection with God. Right? And he said, number one, go and sell the oil. You were a widow, but now you're an oil tycoon. I'm going to put you in the oil business. Amen? The oil that God made. The oil that she had, but God multiplied. She gave it to God, and it it increased right before her eyes. You know, there are times when the harvest has to be quickened, like water to wine. You need fruit to make wine. But Jesus bypassed the fruit, and he just made wine out of water. He totally accelerated the process. Sometimes there is an acceleration of the miraculous that takes place. This was an acceleration. Go and sell the oil. Number one, pay off your debt. Need met, right? You're out of danger, you're free from pressure, you're free from oppression, you can keep your sons. But that's not it. There's a second part to this. And, and, and live on the rest. Everybody say, live on the rest. 
He got her debt free and a steady income all in one shot. She not only paid the debt with what she had because she gave what she had to the Lord. She not only paid the debt, she said, here's the debt, but live on the rest. Pay for your clothes, pay for your housing, pay, take, put some food on the table uh, for your sons, give them a college education, live on the rest. There was more than enough on the rest to live on for the rest of her life. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. This is what I'm talking about today. The power of the seed. Amen. And uh, I could go on. I really could, but, but the Lord says, no, you went on enough for today. Amen? I have given you God's seed. And you have received that seed, and now God is multiplying that seed. And your faith for giving is growing. It's growing. It's, it's, you're going from, uh, David Banner to the Hulk. Right? <laughs> right? Yes. Hallelujah. You're, you're going from Ant-Man to the giant man. Yes. Right? D- does your faith grow? Yes. Absolutely. The Bible says faith grows exceedingly. Yes. Amen? So, from this point on, you, you do what God says to do, yes. and he'll do the rest. Yes. Stand up to your feet. And I want you to say this. Say, my God is able to care for me. To take care of every need that I have. Every desire I have. And every want I have. Because I'm in line with Him. My God has no limits. My God has supernatural power. My God does the miraculous. I'm going to increase. I'm going to become rich. I'm going to increase until I'm great. God's favor is with me. God's power is in me. Hallelujah. Just give God a shout of praise right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, I am confident that if you needed healing and you believe for your healing through communion, you got it. Yes. Amen? Yes. You got it. Yes. Say, I got it. I got it. Celebrate the fact that you have it right now. Yes. You have your miracle. You have your need. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is the other side of the tithe. Amen? It's beyond 10%. Hallelujah. Well, how much should I give? As much as you want. Right? Or there are times when God, you know, I've heard testimonies of people that that God told them to give this and they said, well, that's all I had. God says, yeah, I know what you have. It wasn't a mystery to God. Right? But but God wanted to do something with that seed. Amen? Oh, I forgot the most important thing. How many's ever heard of Johnny Appleseed? Okay, he was an actual person named John Chapman. 
And he was born in Massachusetts, and he moved to Pennsylvania. And while he was in Pennsylvania, he worked for a cider house. I looked this up, Encyclopedia Britannica and Wikipedia. (laughs) No, and, and the Washington Apple Commission. So the, the cider house, you know, they, they squished the apples to make cider, right? But then they had these piles of seed that were just left there. But John Chapman or Johnny Appleseed had a vision. He knew that the country was going to expand west. And he, he had a vision. He said, when people move west, they're going to need some food along the way. So he, he, start, he started collecting those seeds, and he put them in bags, and he made several trips out west, planting, scattering. He saw the value of the seed. He saw the harvest that it would produce. He looked into the future. And not only did he plant seed, but he spread the gospel as well. And he, he, he planted seed in Ohio. He planted seed. He planted seed here and seed there. He, he planted orchards. And he would plant seed seeds along the path in key places where people were going to, who hadn't trodden yet, who hadn't been that path yet, he planted apple seeds and he traded in seeds and we have apples upon apples upon apples in this country today because one man saw the potential of a seed. Amen? True story. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He, he knew, he, he knew how to grow apple trees. But he knew that every apple tree that's grown comes from a seed that's put in the ground. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. We are a seed sowing group. Amen. We sow to the Spirit and we of the Spirit reap life and peace. Hallelujah. Gloria, if you need a miracle in your life, if something has been hidden, I'm telling you, ask God, where can I put this seed? What can I do with this seed? And He'll tell you where to put it. The Holy Ghost knows the right ground for your seed. And when you put it and when you release it, He's going to do something great with it. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Let's give God praise a little bit. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We're hilarious givers. We're cheerful givers. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord. You know why this is a house of miracles? Because this is God's house. God likes to dwell here. God likes to hang out here. He likes to meet with you here. Amen. He, he set aside, he has sanctified this place for his body to get together in Palmyra. Amen. And we are, we come here and we're going to shake the heavens and we're going to shake the earth. Amen. There is a people out there that need what we have. There is a people out there. Is, there is some religious, uh, deadbeats. Because they're in dead religion. They have no life. They never see the laying on of hands. They never hear about the Holy Spirit. They never see the working of miracles. Right? And there's some people out there that you know. Amen? And you just need to say, come and see. Come and see what's happening here. Amen? Come check us out. Amen? I heard a report yesterday. Someone has been discipling 
a Catholic person who just got born again, and the person told me, he said, you know, your church is one of the few spiritual churches in Palmyra that really promote the, the working of the Holy Spirit. And he said, oh, you may see us one day. I'm going to bring my friend who I've been discipling who needs to get connected with the church. Amen. I was like, well, thank you. That was a compliment. I tell you what, we're at a great time, folks. Listen, if you need extra gas money, sow a gas seed. Amen. Buy, buy, buy a gallon for someone else. Amen. Let me, let me pay for that person over there. Amen. And watch what God will do. He'll send a tanker to your house. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, Wednesday night, 6.30, we're going to have Shushal Kumar. Yeah. I, he, he's, been, he's visited here once before, but he didn't preach. I, I met him again at Winter Bible Seminar, and he's only in this area at this time. And uh, i got to let him know if I'm going to go to India and teach at Rama in August, maybe. We'll see. So... Yes, we want to benefit from, from the gifting that God's put in him, amen? We don't just bring people to bring people. I mean, you know, those of you that have been here, we bring good quality people, amen? So come and support him, and we're going to take up a special offering for him, all right? And we're going to bless him, because we're in the people blessing business, aren't we? Amen? So if you need to arrange your schedule, you got a couple days to do that, and uh, let's have a good showing, Amen? All right, go, go have a great and wonderful, glorious, prosperous, increased, exciting week. Amen. Amen. God bless you.